Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. <laughs> My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is her Video Games Day. That's combining Thursday and video games, and when you tell your friends about this, and I know you will, you're really going to want to hit that thr thusly. Alright? Alright. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. Folks, please, please, with regards to the spoiler warning, I have an abundance of heed. So do not worry that you will leave me with no heed. So take heed of the spoiler warning and take lots of it. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> oh boy, couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> the only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps... You rate, comment, and subscribe in iTunes, as that is what helps others find the podcast. Huh, it's those things. It's like basic math, even. Those plus things equals other listeners of... Hmm, simple. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is Atomic Blimp Services. Once again, today's sponsor is Atomic Blimp Services, where our motto is, if you need an atomic blimp, we have uh, services that will provide said blimp for you atomically blimp is their motto needs a little work oh boy perhaps I uh, should not make fun of the sponsor perhaps that is why every day I have to have a new sponsor because I do things such as that poor business decisions if you for some reason do not read the description of my podcast episodes, you will not know what I'm going to talk about. However, if you do, you will know that this is a very, this is a very special episode devoted entirely to the Video Games Day Grand Theft Auto 5, even. This is a big, big game. Huge in terms of many things, but for our sort of purposes here in terms of taking me a long time to finish. So, on that note, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes on what my plan is with regards to this game. I have been playing Grand Theft Auto V for the last three... yeah, three weekends. So I got it, and got it on a long weekend, and dug in pretty deep and played for probably... 12-ish plus hours on that first weekend. The weekend after that probably got maybe 8 or 10 hours, and then the weekend after that probably around 10 as well. So, that's where I am in the game. I have not yet completed it. Hopefully, if I 
buckle down and try to rush through, I can finish it this coming weekend. However, uh, because I am not getting paid to do this, and because I will play however I goddamn well want to play, that may or may not happen. I don't know. But, because this game, obviously, is friggin' enormous, and because I am writing notes along the way, I figured, hey, why not, because I have three weekends full of notes, uh, start off with my chat, and I could do kind of a broken-up episode. It won't be a two-parter in the sense that they are parts coming out at multiple times. However, uh, it will be a two-parter in the sense that I will be recording these over the course of uh, several days. Uh-huh, uh-huh. For example, why don't I just give you further behind-the-scenes action? Today is actually a Thursday, and that means, and this doesn't happen very often, that the actual real existing day of the week is coinciding with the day of the week in the Libro Cube, so that's kind of nice. It is video games day. I am driving home from work, which will get me sort of the tip of the iceberg, I do believe, talking about this game. Then, on my drive in tomorrow, and my drive home tomorrow, I hope to wrap up the notes that I have sort of accumulated so far. That's the plan anyways. You never know what will happen. And then uh, I'll probably record at least another drive, maybe two, to polish off the remainder of the game. That is the plan. Now, I quite often, with regards to this podcast, have no plan whatsoever. So we'll see how well I can uh, sort of follow that. And I hope you follow me along on this journey into Los Santos. So why don't I, without further ado, jump right into uh, whatever the hell crazy notes that I have written down that may or may not make any sense whatsoever. Grand Theft Auto. I first game I played in the series, and I don't think I am alone in this, is Grand Theft Auto 3, which I very, very much enjoyed. I don't think I could go back and play that one, though. Fairly certain. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't write down any of this, or plan to talk about it. See? Not following plan right off the bat, 10 minutes in, no plan being followed. Anyways, uh, Grand Theft Auto, what was the one in the 80s? Fuck. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Grand Theft Auto, Los Santos, Los Sienta. Grand Theft Auto, the one that took place in the 80s that I can't even remember the name of right now. <laughs> so, combine that sentence with this next sentence, that is, that was my favorite one. And yet can't remember the name. Grand Theft Auto Los Santos, Los Alamos, Los Sienta, Los... Am I screwing up with the loss? Ugh, that'll probably hit me. Grand Theft Auto Vice City, you friggin' moron. God. Like a ton of bricks. Anyways, that one was my favorite. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, I did play, um, did complete... But whereas in the first two games, Grand Theft Auto 3, and the one that I can't remember its name that took place in the 80s, uh, not only completed the games, but completed sort of all the side missions within the games, Grand Theft Auto 4 didn't have... Uh, had fun while playing, but never had the pull to revisit. 
uh, and never have revisited. So, uh, you know, there's that. This one, I think, I think my experience with Grand Theft Auto 4 helped me to enjoy 5 more in that my expectations were perhaps not too, too high. So, good on them for lowering my expectations and then just friggin' blowing me away with this one. This Grand Theft Auto, or GTA if you prefer, takes place in a sort of fictionalized Los Angeles. Um, a lot of the people I hear talking of this game, sort of from coming from a professional review standpoint, such as uh, Adam Sessler, my sort of prime example, live, or have lived, in the L.A. area. And uh, I've quite often heard him and others say that they'll be driving around in the game and come across things with the sort of feeling of, oh, yeah, I know where that is in L.A. I drive by that all the time. So it's kind of cool that they take a real living and breathing city and then chop bits and pieces from that city and put it in the game. Very, very cool. My question on that, though, is does that make it easier for the developers of the game or more difficult? Easier in the sense that they don't have to come up with ideas for locales right out of their heads and their imaginations, or more difficult because they're trying to replicate, to a certain degree, actual real existing areas. Hmm. Curious, curious. The game starts, and this is where spoilers are going to start. Mm -hmm. Starting now. The game starts in a uh, heist. You are getting your heist on, which, if you played the video game, The Heist, uh, it's, it was a, very much a feel of that, actually, which I don't think was... Which, on the one hand, is cool, because a heist is a cool experience to put yourself into in a fictionalized universe. On the other hand, uh, it's been done. It's been done in, well, The Heist. <laughs> So that raises for me another question, and that's kind of, that is quite often what this podcast is about. I'll bring something back, talk about it, and then raise a question. For example, my question at this point, at this point, is did the GTA game makers come up with this scene before or after the video game The Heist came out? Curious, curious. Because The Heist came out, what, like a year and or so ago? So had they created this opening scene before or after that game came out? Or is it a potential that uh, the heist came out and they're like, yeah, you know what? This would make a good scene, first opening scene for this game. Hmm. Thought, question mark. To have a super, super hairy situation in which you are learning the controls of the game, which uh, we all kind of know, people who've played Grand Theft Auto, what the controls are, but the, I always, when starting a new game, need a refresher on my controls when I haven't played it in a long time. So uh, combining that tense, hairiness, uh, action, gonna friggin' die, with learning new controls <laughs> made it difficult. Maybe I'm just an old man now, and uh, I need to concentrate more fully on <laughs> how to friggin' control my game without being harassed by cops shooting at me for robbing a bank. Huh. I spent the entire first weekend, for the most part, working towards gathering my team. Uh, most people, me included, probably know of this game that you are in control of three characters, which I think is kind of a first, or never done to such an incredible degree 
as this game has done, where I can jump back and forth most of the time, probably 80-ish percent of the time. Uh, I can jump from one character to another at will, at the push of a button. Your characters are Michael DeSanta, Franklin Clinton, and Trevor Phillips. Franklin Clinton, or sorry, Michael DeSanta and Trevor Phillips are two of the characters you are playing in the opening sequence during the heist. Franklin Clinton is the first character you play in what I would kind of consider the game proper. He is a uh, African-American gentleman living in Dahood. Oh boy, I'm white. <laughs> uh, and he's sort of a, uh, a, I guess you would say, low-level gangster. This has kind of your classic GTA feel in that you're a low-level crook criminal, and you want to sort of make your way up in this criminal world, which is what you quite often do in these games and these styles of games. Michael DeSanta is... How would you describe him? He's sort of a retired former bank robber and criminal. He has a dysfunctional family. He is sort of got crazy in his retirement in that he's got, as I would describe it, itchy feet. He no longer wants to be retired. He is bored as hell and needs a change with his life. That change comes in the form of Franklin Clinton, who in his sort of low-level criminal dealings, works for a car dealer who has a insurance kind of fraud, not insurance fraud, but some sort of fraud going on where he repossesses cars that technically the repossession is done legally. However, it's all kind of shady. One of the cars he tries to repossess is from Mr. Michael DeSanta, who is not too happy with this fact. So they kind of start off on the wrong foot. But Michael, I think, sees something in Franklin that's sort of a father-son vibe. Someone he can potentially take under his wing and treat him the criminal code. And uh, I, I like the, the that kind of relationship that develops between these two. Eventually, they sort of work their way up to completing a heist. The reason they have to do this heist is because they inadvertently destroyed the home of a gangster and a serious mafioso type. So, they have to pay him back. Michael DeSanta is pulled back into the bank robbing abyss. Takes Franklin along for the ride to give him some pointers and to be a wheelman. Wheelman, because each of these characters has a sort of trait that they are good at. Franklin's is definitely the wheelman. Just sort of on that note, I find that whenever you need to travel long distances via car, uh, Franklin is the go-to because he has the ability to slow down time while driving, which you can use to a really, really cool, you can use to a really cool effect, and that is when you are driving in a straightaway, just drive as you normally would, but when you're about to come to a turn, turn on his ability, which will slow down time, which will let you navigate the turn with ease, and then turn the ability off again once you're on the straightaway. And with that, you basically never have to slow down, and you can get friggin' cooking along at a serious degree, so that when you do eventually crash, and you will, uh, you crash goddamn spectacularly. 
Anyways, their first heist together goes uh, goes off rel- with relative ease for the most part. They're not, you know, arrested and thrown in jail for the rest of their lives, so that's a bonus. However, because this heist is on the news and parts of it sort of ring true with past heists that Mr. Michael DeSanta has done in his heisting career, uh, it allowed Trevor Filament, Trevor Phillips to sort of put two and two together, uh, gave him the realization that Michael DeSanta is not dead as he thought he was in the opening sequence in which uh, that heist went awry. And uh, Trevor saw Michael sort of dead and buried, which uh, allowed them to reunite. And did it feel so good in that reuniting? Uh, Not really, no. There's a little bad blood between these two. Uh, I'm about to pull into home, so gonna have to cut her off for now just by saying a little about Trevor Phillips. Trevor Phillips has quickly turned into probably most people's favorite Grand Theft Auto character ever to exist ever in this series, and there are many, many, many reasons for that, but probably if you have to boil it down, which I do because I'm just about at home, if you have to boil it down, the underlying reason will be because he is goddamn insane. Just friggin' nuts. So folks, that will do her for now. I will be back for you. It will not seem like a very long time because I will edit out the intervening moments of my not talking and recording. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. For me, it will be a night in which I go in, I have dinner, I'm going to lay down for a little while, then the missus will come home, we'll watch a little TV, and you know, life will take its course. Life, people. It's all about life. Um... I guess I'll just push this button that says transition. Transitioning now. Transition. Hello again. Well, successfully slept. That's always a uh, a good thing. Yay, sleeping at night. Why don't I jump right back in? Without further ado, do, <laughs> do, do, oh boy, just by uh, wrapping up sort of a few of the odds and sods that I didn't manage to squeeze in yesterday. For example, one of the very, very first sort of main missions I had involved Michael DeSanta and Franklin Clinton chasing down a boat. Now, the boat was attached to a car that was speeding down the highway, or I suppose rather a truck, and the boat belonged to Mr. DeSanta, and Mr. DeSanta's son was stowed away on board, which meant it was uh, up to me to sort of save the day, save the boat, save the kid, save the day. And this is kind of how uh, Franklin and Michael, they're, they're sort of first bonding together experience in the saving of these things, which involved me speeding behind the boat in a car as Michael, and then having Clinton, Franklin Clinton, 
uh, jump on board the boat, uh, fight some bad guys. As he was fighting said bad guys, I would shoot at them as well, took out a few myself. He saved his son, combined Michael's son, then uh, on top of the sail, I guess it would be. The sail swings out into traffic, so I have to sort of speed up and drive underneath so he can drop into the car. Same thing with Franklin Clinton. I have to uh, speed up. So when he jumps off the boat, uh, I will be there to save him. And we all live uh, happily ever after, seemingly, so far. Kind of. M maybe happy is a strong word. We all live ever after. That's uh, something. It's kind of funny that uh, when Trevor is first introduced, or I suppose reintroduced to Michael, they have a very similar kind of sort of, kind of, sort of mission in which... We have to save Michael's daughter, in this case, save her from, not life and death, exactly, no, but uh, from making her, making a fool of herself on a reality TV show. So she's going to dance, stripper-like, and uh, we rush on down to the studio, sort of berate the host, emasculate him, chase him. And although never exactly physically beat the shit out of him, we're not very nice to him or taking advantage of our daughter. So that sort of brings them closer together. Uh, Michael and Trevor, though, there's always a sort of underlying tension in the air, and this has yet to dissipate in my playthrough, because Trevor thinks the possibility exists that Michael sort of sold him out, sold out his friends. He's, Michael that is, is in the Witness Protection Program, and Trevor thinks that the reason this is, is because uh, he sort of named names. But I guess he doesn't have proof, so he hasn't uh, outright, outright murderized them yet. Uh, I think now what I should get into, and this is sort of bridging the gap between my first weekend of play and my second weekend of play, is all the little itty-bitty things that you can do, the not main story mission stuffs which, if you totally ignored, you are doing yourself a large disservice. If you, like me, like to complete as much as humanly possible, uh, it will cause your game to take an incredibly much longer time, which is a good thing, because, hey, you're getting pretty good bang for your buck and having fun along the way. For example, you can, uh, you know, go into a barber and get a haircut. Or inexplicably, <laughs> and I like this, it's that sort of video game logic that quite often makes zero sense. I'm going to go into a barber to have my hair cut, and yet walk out with a beard. An incredibly long and luxurious beard. So what I have done is for each of these three characters, have them each go into the barber, and every one of them now has a beautiful, beautiful beard. So we're sort of a, a bearded gang. Trevor, Trevor's beard is probably the most hillbilly-ish. Uh, Michael and Franklin, a little more uh, reserved, a little more uh, trimmed and proper looking. But still, yeah, but still. There has been two occasions in which I've met up with this sort of recurring NPC, which of course stands for non-playable character. You will run into a lot of these folk throughout this game. Uh, one in particular is kind of pretty fucked up, I would say. 
he's pro-legalizing marijuana, and I've met him now once, at least each with each individual character. So, first met him with Michael DeSanta. Uh, this dude gives me a free joint in which to partake. Uh, at first, I'm a little hesitant, but say, hey, what the fuck? I'm retired, right? Might as well live it up a little bit. However, my trip, as they say, is not good. It is, in fact, a bad trip, and I see aliens everywhere and have to go on a sort of alien-killing rampage. So this is some strong weed. I meet up with this same character again, although this time I am in the character... I am playing the character of Trevor Phillips. Trevor Phillips who has a similar experience, although replace aliens with clowns. With clowns. He is apparently, deathly, afraid of clowns, and has to fight a shit ton of them. <laughs> what I like they did with Franklin, when I met up for a third time with this dude, was uh, he took a couple pulls of this joint, like, yeah, that's pretty good weed. <laughs> so obviously has partook of weeds in the past and uh, had very little effective effect on him. That sort of leads me to my next thing, and that is the buying of properties around town. I've only bought one property so far, and it is a uh, pot shop, a shop in which you can buy pot, and I'm not talking pottery, I mean cannabis. Uh, there are certain buildings around town that any of the three characters can buy, and certain buildings that only some of them can buy. For example, I think this pot shop only Franklin can buy. I'm a little kind of sort of disappointed in the purchasing of properties, just in the fact that the amount of money you have to lay out to buy these, and the amount of money you get in return on a sort of weekly, whatever, daily basis from owning these uh, I don't like the ratio. I, I think if I own this pot shop, I should be making more than, you know, $5,000 a week or whatever it is, when it costs me like $100,000 to buy. So, hmm. uh, a better way to make money, I have found, is in the stock market. Yes. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V introduced the ability to um, play around in the stock market by stocks. If I have one piece of advice, it's a, you know, buy low, sell high. Huh? Huh? Man, I should maybe play the actual stock stock market with tips like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, these guys have a sort of advantage when it comes to this stock market in that things I do within the gaming world will affect the stock. For example, if there are, and this is sort of the prime example, um, there are a fairly large series of assassination missions in which I have to, you guessed it, assassinate people. So, if I know that the person I am about to assassinate owns a company, and the company has a rival, I will then this is just sort of an example, I will buy stocks in the rival company at a low price, kill the leader of their competition, huh? Huh? and then uh, the, the, uh, the stocks will sort of rise crazily, and uh, I'll make a shit ton of money. That's how I've made most of my money. And that's why properties kind of didn't make sense, just because if my money's tied up in these properties, I don't have the money to invest in the stock market. Hey, 
That's how deep we're going in this game. Serious, serious friggin' financial decisions have to be made. <laughs> Which sounds boring, but... And, and if the game was that and that alone, it would would be hair-pullingly boring. But the fact that you don't have to do this, the fact that it's just sort of addition of something you've never done in a game before is something I like. Folks, I'm stopping, getting a coffee. Back in a moment. Edit, edit, edit this out. Editing. 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 On the road again. That was the shortened version of the On the Road Again remix. Thank you, Voicebox. Just stopped, as I mentioned seconds ago, to get a little coffee because I, I'm dog tie boss. And, as quite often happens, ran into the lovely and talented Jordan, <laughs> who works at the Tim Hortons that I frequent on a once, maybe twice a week basis. Uh, this time, I decided to give her a card for the podcast. So, potentially, I will say right now, hello Jordan, thank you for the coffee and for the donuts, and the pleasant smile you always have for me, and the fact that you said you like the rubber chicken that is hanging from my rear view mirror, mirror is also very much appreciated. Well, thus concludes my talk to Jordan. Now, Jordan will talk. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so just talk of assassinations and the stock market and their interaction. Mm -hmm. uh, another sort of main part between heists. And, and that's kind of how this game feels, actually, is you are always either doing a heist or between heists. And when you are between heists, you are preparing for them by sort of gathering materials and peoples, and intel, and stuff like that, so, very, very cool idea. Done a handful of tow truck missions, those are, you know, you drive a tow truck, you move a car that's been sitting there, and you take it back to the lot. Uh-huh. Played some tennis, little tennis matches. Why not? I know, eventually, I will have the ability to play a little golf, but uh, haven't reached that point yet. Same with darts, haven't played darts yet. Once Trevor is introduced, you have quite a few more flying missions, missions in which you have to fly, and uh, I have a lot of fun doing that. I, I like a good, a good flight. Some of them involve, when you're doing your flight training, sort of flying through rings and, and things of that nature, and trying to stay as low as possible. I've had some spectacular crashes doing that, but, uh, but it's fun, and I like it. I think my last piece of Weekend 1, oh, I've got to speed this up a little bit, is the introduction of Trevor's meth and a shit ton of explosions and his crazy hillbilliness just oozing out of every pore of this game, and I love it. What I did, and I, I kind of do this often in video games, is try to leave off in a point where I can hop right back in in the next weekend right to some serious action. So, weekend number two, which I'm jumping into right now. Ah. Uh, I did my second heist. My second heist, which involves stealing a sub, mm -hmm. a submarine, stealing a military, stealing a military helicopter. Oh, Jesus. And then eventually using the sub to uh, dive deep down 
and steal from not the military, but uh, sort of a private security firm, the sort of tectonic uh, earthquake creator is kind of how I think it was. That was a funny set of circumstances in that Trevor had sort of really planned this out well. Uh, the mission went off pretty, uh, pretty good. Not a hitch really at all. I get the sub back, and then one of the guys who I should have apparently got involved with this heist says, you realize that not a sane person on this globe would buy this piece of equipment because it will be traced easily, and uh, whoever owns this will be murdered by the government and by this uh, private security firm? You realize that, right? So Trevor, not too happy with this fact, did all this work, no reward whatsoever. Uh, and I like that. That's every heist I do is not always going to be a good idea, and sometimes shit is going to go awry. So uh, it adds a little more realisticness to it. In weekend two, I decided that Michael DeSanta needed to visit his psychiatrist, <laughs> which he will do from time to time. He has a very, very sort of dysfunctional family. His wife kind of, I get the feeling, doesn't love him anymore. His son is a layabout, does nothing but play video games all the time. <laughs> Real nice. Uh, his daughter is, I think, stupid and perhaps slutty as well. They all kind of hate him. So, that combined with the fact that he is bored out of his mind being retired and uh, kind of feels that the only way he can get his sanity back is to get back in the heistin' biz. Be a gangsta once again. He'll occasionally go to this psychiatrist and talk about his feelings. The psychiatrist looks, and I wonder if this is on purpose, which is kind of why I'm bringing this up, he looks very, very much like uh, Sidney Friedman, who you may know, or may not know, played the psychiatrist on the television show MASH. Uh, <laughs> I kind of think that the people who watch the television show MASH and the people who play Grand Theft Auto V, uh, there's not too, too much overlap there. So that's why I kind of like the thought that this is something that I am catching just because I'm one of the freaks that enjoyed both of these things. I don't know, it's possible. I'll tell you what, I love to get a little audience participation or at the very least make the attempt to do so from time to time. So if you are a freak like me, don't ya? Uh, let me know, because I would love to hear from you. Hey, there you go. Tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood, or you can email me to the address provided in the closing credits. Thank you very much if you do so. If you don't do so, that thank you is not for you. Give it back. There is a scene here, or a series of scenes, where Michael because of his heisting, has been forced to basically work for the FIB, which is what this Grand Theft Auto series is calling the FBI, I suppose to avoid a lawsuit? Eh, sure. Federal Investigation Bureau. They're even using the same words, just in a different order. So, I like that. They know he's done these heists, and they are the ones who put him in this protection program, and they need money. So... They've sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of hired him on to do heist for them. 
don't know how realistic it is that the FBI would hire criminals to rob for them. It seems unlikely, but hey, this is a video game, and this is why they are awesome. So during the first sort of heist that they force us into, I have to torture a guy. Yeah. I, I suppose more accurately, accurately, Trevor has to torture a guy. Trevor, being bug-fucking-nutty, uh, it's not a stretch that he would torture someone, I, I don't think. The reason I have to do this is Michael is sort of on a cliff with a high-powered sniper rifle pointing at a building, a building in which he has to assassinate someone. Uh, there's a party going on, so he doesn't know which of the people at the party he has to assassinate. So Trevor has to get details out of this guy, relay it to Michael so he can make the decision on which one to shoot. That was a cool idea. I've uh, never done anything like that before, and um, hence I bring it up here and say, hey, can you believe that happened? Because it did. Towards this point, uh, my family has left me. That, and by that I mean Michael DeSanta's family has left me. I'm just screwed with the government. They're, they're screwing me over, and my life's kind of falling apart again. So, what do we do? Uh, heist number three. Yeah, of course we do, because the FIB needs some more goddamn money, the bastards. Uh, heist number three involved robbing a bank in a sort of a smallish town out on the outskirts of this Los Santos. And that sounds easy, but it was goddamn one of the hardest missions I had to do, for the reason that, apparently, this bank was protected super, super heavily because all the cops in the area were crooked and kept their money in this bank, so they're going to protect it with their very lives. Uh, it was a cool series of events in which I had, uh, like, super, super powerful, super, super powerful uh, armor, so I was basically walking around, uh, no one could kill me with their bullets, uh, while I had mini guns and just blew the shit out of everything. That sort of sequence of events sort of reminiscent of my time in Saints Row 4, so uh, I liked it. Very, uh, very, a little crazily over the top, which is one of the reasons I think Saints Row 4 will potentially be, for me, a favorite game. Just I like that sense of craziness. I play video games to escape from reality, so the further the game is from reality, the more escape I'm going to have, right? Right, folks, uh, I think... I think that's going to end it for now. Uh, I'm going to play more of this game and then come back and talk about it more. But uh, for you, it will seem like seconds from now. For me, it will seem like a week, potentially two weeks. We will see what we will see. Uh, I will say, as I do, since I'm about to go into work, uh, one final thing, and that is, of course, oh my god, love you, Jerry's. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again, 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 I do believe. And that may be, if I am correct and accurate, and I may not be, a liberal cube first in that... I get to say hello again, again. I think I've said that before, but I'm gonna throw again. I'm gonna throw in. I mean, 
and other again to indicate that this particular podcast episode is just never-ending. It's the never-ending story of podcast episodes, basically. With that in mind, I have decided to have two sponsors. Hey, why not? Why not make twice as much money if your episode is going to be twice as long, right? Right. Today's secondary sponsor is the Vanilla Unicorn Gentlemen's Club. Once again, today's sponsor is the Vanilla Unicorn Gentlemen's Club. Uh, I have occasionally done longer than normal episodes. However, this is the first time that I have done one in which the intervening time between recordings is a long time. In fact, over a week. So, I really, for the most part, have no idea what I said in the previous portion of this particular Video Games Day episode. So, with that in mind, I think it will be wise of me to rely mostly just on my notes and not sort of backtrack into any thing that may have happened already. All right? All right. What I have here is Weekend 3 into Weekend 4, I do believe. Again, having a little difficulty recalling 100% where I have left off. And, um, you know, does it really matter when you really think about it? Just as long as I'm talking about Grand Theft Auto and my experiences within it, it'll all kind of make sense, presumably. Mm-hmm. For example, a, I met up with a thrill seeker, a thrill seeker who took me skydiving, skydiving, and then once we land, we did a little biking down the side of a mountain, and then a little ATVing as well. And it was pretty, how do you say, extreme. I felt like I was in a advertisement for some sort of energy drink. And, uh, you know, that was fun. Skydiving is another one of those things within this game that, uh, not difficult to do, but kind of difficult to do well. And quite often you are rewarded or penalized for doing well. So, <laughs> sort of jumping from a plane and hitting a a certain area on the ground, and these areas you have to pinpoint are pretty pinpointy. So, always managed to do it, but uh, sometimes I will admit, took me one or two times to get it right. Which uh, it's fun doing it, so I didn't mind that fact. As I spoke about, well, something I do remember speaking about. Uh, there we go. Uh, is heists, and my next sort of heist in the line of heist that I completed was a train heist. Nothing like a good train robbery, right? In fact, when you think about it, there's even, uh, is it a, is it a movie? I'm pretty sure, a movie or a book, uh, called The Great Train Robbery. So, trains, since their existence, have been robbed. It's kind of, uh, cowboy-y. Cowboy-like. Jesus Christ. I think I've mentioned from time to time that my drive home is somewhat rural. And I just drove by a tractor that was taking up one and a half lanes <laughs> and was probably three times higher than the car I am currently driving. 
just for an example of the ruralness of my drive, unfortunately, in GTA, you never really get to drive tractors that large, but you do, if you choose to, get to occasionally drive a tractor. They're kind of slow and um, not too, too powerful feeling, so I only did it a couple times just to say, hey, there's a tractor, I'm going to steal that and go drive it. That's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting that that came up, because uh, if this world that I am talking in, these words right now, was sort of GTA-like in its logic, I could have pulled in front of that tractor, um, ripped the driver out, and taken that baby for a spin, and that would have been pretty goddamn awesome. So, you know, that's a shame. Okay, back to train robbery. Started out with jumping from the side of a kind of embankment on a motorbike onto the top of this train and then powering forward to the uh, the engine, the train's engine, then pulling it over. Oh, something I should mention about this train robbery is that I am literally stealing this train. Stealing this train for the reason that I need it to pull off the big heist. Yeah, that's kind of what this game has been building up to, I felt like. That's what I was most looking forward to, is the big heist. Because the big heist involves stealing a shit ton, and I literally mean tons of gold, uh, we're going to need a train to, to uh, you know, get, it, get her out of there. We're going to need military hot helicopters. We're going to need a tunnel digger. You know, one of those things that digs tunnels. A lot of things need to be stolen in order to steal things. Now, I always kind of wonder, because this is not something that has not been done before. It's been done in, I think probably your prime example is the Oceans Trilogy, that in order to pull off heists, you need to steal a bunch of things. Uh, and that seems a little counterintuitive to me. Because in the stealing of things for your heist, uh, definitely in this game and quite often in the Ocean series, the odds of you getting caught stealing those things that you need for your big heist are fairly large. Especially in this case, like where I'm stealing a fucking train, where I'm stealing military helicopters. What are the odds that I get away scot-free doing those two things? They are slim. They are both a fat chance and a slim chance, somehow. But whatever, video game and movie logic is not the logic of the real world, which is often both fortunate and unfortunate. This GTA introduced, um, I guess you would say swimming. Underwater, that is. In past GTA games, quite often you would go into the water and that would mean you died. <laughs> which, uh, there's not a, really a logic to that. You can, most people can swim in water, or do not immediately perish once they enter water. Uh, this has things such as diving with scuba gear. So that came up in another mission where I had to uh, dive and then use sort of a blowtorch to open up a grate to get in the uh, FIB building, which is Federal, Investiga Federal Investigation Bureau, or FIB, or FBI, whatever. It's all the same thing and had to s steal this sort of uh, biological weapon. Yeah, just crazy over-the-top shit like that, because why not? Uh, another thing that I do recall mentioning, 
and those are few and far between, is the fact that uh, I thought if I kind of powered through over the course of the weekend, I could complete the main story objectives, and that is just what I did. I did it actually kind of for several reasons, but one of the main ones is that I wanted to be able to wrap up this Turf Video Games Day episode during the course of this week. So that is just what I'm goddamn doing right now. With that said, there are quite a few things that I have not yet done that I will be uh, doing probably over the course of this Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, I should mention that, perhaps, that this coming weekend, Thanksgiving, up here in Canada, whereas in the U.S., it was at another time. <laughs> I don't actually remember when theirs is, but it's not now, which has always seemed kind of strange to me that that is a fact. Also, Thanksgiving in other countries, does that exist? I don't think it does. My knowledge of Thanksgiving is very, very limited. My knowledge now of GTA has increased many-fold. Something that happened in the last weekend of play and a little bit previous is that I got involved in the making of movies. Uh, that is when I was the character of Michael DeSanta. He's got a big sort of hankering to be involved with the movie biz, the movie biz. Uh, one thing that I kind of thought was going to happen with that was I ended up being the, uh, I guess it was associate producer on this big movie that came out. Uh, I'm about to enter the premiere, and uh, I won't give it away, just say that shit goes down. Pretty, pretty serious shit involving my family, which means I can't attend the movie premiere, but... What I thought that was all sort of building to was the fact that uh, my movie would be out and available, and I could literally, within the game, sit down and watch this movie. You know what? I'm going to make a mental note to myself here. Jordan, I think I remember in reviews of this game that you could go into movie theaters and sit down and watch a movie. So, this is your note to you. See if that is possible, and go do that. For some reason, I think that was something you could do in another game as well. How about this? In an effort, which I'm not sure if I did in the first portion of this podcast, to get a little audience participation, I will say, because I'm pretty sure I remember this at least once in a video game, can you think of a time in a video game where you've been able to sit in a movie theater and watch a movie? It may not be, you know an hour-and-a-half-long movie, but uh, had some length to it, if I do recall. What was that? Anyways, if you could think of what that is, please, 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 you can tweet to me, Jordan underscore Maywit, or email me to the address provided in the closing credits. I would love to hear from you about that or anything, really, podcasty related is perfect. Audience participation completed. Uh, another possible thing that I might, but uh, maybe we'll go do, is this game gives you the ability to replay missions. And that final sort of the big one, the big score mission, had two possibilities in which you could pull off the score. There was sort of, I think how it was kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of phrased, there was the subtle route and the not so subtle route. 
I will, in video games, quite often go the not-so-subtle route, which is what I chose to do there. However, I usually do that because the subtle route is less fun. However, I kind of wanted to point out something very good in this game is that even if you did choose the subtle route, which I did for a couple of the heists, it was still fun, which kind of made me think that this game is a a very good one. <laughs> to, to even have the uh, less exciting, I think is a way you could say it, and not be exaggerating, the less exciting of the ways to accomplish goals is still pretty goddamn awesome. I think a good way to end this podcast episode is to tie up loose ends, which is after all the sort of main storyline missions were completed, what we did in the game. Pretty cool. Basically, uh, once I had complete, completed the big heist, uh, Michael and Franklin and Trevor all realized that there were quite a few people, uh, I think a way you could look at it, who would be in their way if they wanted to retire from this biz of crime with all their millions of dollars, specifically $20 million each or thereabouts. If they wanted to retire and enjoy this and not have to worry about people coming to get them, they had to take quite a few people out. And I don't mean out for dinner. No, no, no. I mean murderize them. So that is just how the game ended. In essence, for me, the going around and tying up of loose ends. So that was kind of a very satisfying conclusion to this game. They were actually kind of surprising, the tying up of these loose ends and the murderizing of these sort of rich people, people in powerful positions, people for the go- working for the government. None of them were actually that hard, which playing this game and doing a lot of these missions were pretty goddamn hard. So uh, it was kind of strange that the last cleaning up of everything was so easy. Maybe I had just built up a tolerance for the murdering and killing of people that made it feel a little easier on the old fingers. Huh? Possible. Well, folks, we did it. Uh, I had fun, presumably, when I recorded the first chunk of this, and did so now as well. Uh, Didn't, you may have noticed, touched on any of the multiplayer from Grand Theft Auto, which is not surprising if you've listened to many of my Herf Video Games Day episodes, just because uh, I will, I assume, check it out, but it's not something I ever dwell on. Maybe, potentially, the possibility exists that this is the greatest multiplayer experience that I have ever had in my entire life, but uh, I just kind of shy away from multiplayer because I don't play video games to be sociable. I play them to escape from reality, and if I am hearing you talk at me, who is also existing in reality, it's going to take me out of the escape a little bit, huh? I've never actually thought of it in those terms, but perhaps that is one of the reasons why I don't uh, search out multiplayer experiences in my video game life. Another reason, and this is a reason I, I do know about, let's say, Uh, And that is because, I've mentioned this quite a few times as well, that I play video games while watching movies or TV. So I'll have a video game on the go, 
on one screen and a movie or television show on the go on another screen. Multitasking like a motherfucker. That makes it harder in multiplayer because there's quite often no way to pause. Where you can pause, you'll just get friggin' killed repeatedly. So, there's that. Alright? A little behind the scenes of my life action there for you. Folks, I love you. Yep, I, there you go. I went ahead and said it. One other thing I will say, and you can't stop me, and that is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper